Welcome to Jiri Snacks, snackable episodes about the Jiri exam and graduate school admissions. I'm Tyler, the founder of Achievable, and Achievable has an affordable Jiri course that uses adaptive learning technology to get you better results in less time. You can try out our Jiri course for free at achievable.me, and if you like it, the code podcast gets you 10% off at checkout. Uh, now let's get started. Today we have Brooke Hansen from Super Tutor TV on the line with us. And Brooke, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and about your, uh, I guess we'll say, call it a new age TV channel, right? Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's a, I don't know if it's a complete TV channel or a YouTube channel, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, my name's Brooke. I've been tutoring for almost two decades at this point. Uh, I also was a filmmaker early on in my life. And so I combined the two things that I do and I created Super Tutor TV. We've got a YouTube channel, something like 270 something thousand subscribers, I think at this point, over 20 million views. So we have, yeah, we have a lot of people who have watched our stuff and hopefully gotten some help along the way. We focus mostly on college admissions um, and Mm -hmm. SAT and ACT prep. I also teach GRE um, as well. And I actually used to teach a lot more GRE before Super Tutor TV kind of took off because we kind of like, you know, you throw spaghetti at the wall and when something sticks, you just sort of run with it. Right. Um, right. but certainly, especially early on in my career, I've done some, some GRE prep. We've got a company called Super Tutor Media. We've got also some online courses, but we have SAT and ACT online courses. Um, and we teach, I, I'm starting to teach group classes a little bit. We do pop-up classes. We've got, you know, a little cadre of private tutors that we work with, some of whom do uh, do some specialization in GRE as well. So we have some exposure to this stuff, but what I really miss, and that's why I'm really excited to talk to you today, what I really miss teaching with SAT and ACT, though we're probably going to get into it with a digital SAT um, as it sort of rolls out soon, is I really miss teaching vocabulary because it's one of my favorite things to work on is how do you memorize words and how do you um, sort of amp up that process. So I'm excited to be here to talk about that some today. Yeah. And that's something that we also are a bit familiar with ourselves. Cause I, I mean, I alluded to it in the little intro, but we, um, leveraged a technique called space repetition and which have you heard of that one? Oh yeah. 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 I yeah, will yeah. touch on it today. <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah. So that's, that's baked into our software and, and it's very effective. So I'm, I'm excited to hear kind of your take on it. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. So take us from the top then if you've got your GRE vocab memorization strategies. I've got my notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So vocabulary memorization. So obviously when you're taking the GRE, there's a lot of big words on there. Um, and memorizing, just straight up memorizing vocabulary is definitely a rite of passage, I think, for almost anyone who is seriously preparing for the GRE. Um, and there are some obvious steps that I think most students do, right? Like the first step is you get some word lists out there, right? Um, you, you collect some words that you're going to memorize, right? And then hopefully you Mm -hmm. have definitions for those. And that's kind of an obvious step, right? We want to accumulate, okay, what are the words I'm working on? I know some Yeah, I've heard people recommend like, um, I think, I don't know if it's Barron's, I think it's Barron's, but it might be a different person, a different provider, but they have like an 800 word list. Right. That's like a book, I think, even that somebody yeah. recommended. So there, there's some stuff out there. And I mean, any prep program that you buy probably has a vocabulary. It's going to have some vocabulary in there. Yeah. I yeah, think yeah. it's, like it, I said, it's, it's kind of standard. Salt, yeah. Standard yeah. there. So whether, you know, whether you just get on the internet and you find a, a, a list <laughs> online, which it's all over the place. I mean, there's stuff all over the place. I'm sure there's something on Reddit, right? 600 words, 1,000 words. I definitely recommend, like, the 100 words is probably for the people who are cramming. Right. When you're when you're like me, when I took the GRE and like you're just trying to go to film school and you like we're really good at the SAT. So you're like, I'll study for a week. 
don't don't take my advice. It's probably not like I said. I'm, I, I'm <laughs> don't like a trained yeah, test a prep expert. A so yeah, so more than a week is probably good for most people. But um, yeah, uh, so yeah, that's that's one thing is is you get the get some words together. Um, the second thing that I'm going to talk about is is really one of my favorite little pieces. And I'm often surprised at how many students don't do this, which is using mnemonics, right? Mm. Um, or some kind of memory trigger device. When you sit down to memorize a word, I think a lot of students, they just look at a flashcard or they have their flashcard app or they have, you know, their digital online GRE course or whatever that flashes a word in front of them. Mm-hmm. And then it flips over and they see the definition, right? And then right. they shrug their shoulders and they're like, okay, I did my homework. I looked at the word and I looked at the definition, right? Like I did it. And they walk away. But to me, with vocabulary, there's so much that you can do if you just focus and create methods for your mind to really memorize it in a more efficient way. So there's a guy named Josh Foyer. I don't know. Have you ever read his book, Moonwalking with Einstein? No. No? Okay. So this guy. Yeah. I'm curious about this book. Yeah. Now, yeah. So he he basically went and hung out with all of these people who were memory champions right? That were at the World Memory Championship, which is some very nerdy thing that happens once a year where people get together and they memorize lists of zeros and ones. They memorize like all kinds of weird random things, right? Wow. And he wanted- That is weird. It is weird, (laughs) right? It's kind of weird, but also kind of interesting and quirky and potentially useful for someone trying to memorize vocabulary for the GRE. So he went in and wanted to see what is it that these people are doing that helps them memorize so well. And what he uncovered were two things, basically, um, that all of these people were doing, which is that they were taking information that was, you know, text information, numeric information, whatever it was, and they were turning it into visual information and spatial information. So he has, you know, he has like a whole chapter on memory palaces, which is sort of this ancient Greek concept that the Greeks would use to memorize their speeches, Right. So they would create what they called a memory palace. And the concept, I mean, for a modern person is simple that if you you are memorizing a speech. Now, I know this is a little off topic, but um, like I would think of it as my house in the first line of the speech. I put some sort of physical visual elements that are going to remind me of what I need to say on my front porch. Right. Mm. And then. At my front door, who answers the door, right? That's like a person who's going to remind me of like, oh, maybe I'm going to talk about respect. And then Aretha Franklin comes to my front door, right? And I think respect because it's Aretha (laughs) Franklin. And then, right? And then you walk in and then whatever the next line is, you create some sort of bizarre image that helps remind you of that. And then you walk yourself through your house or whatever and you create this memory palace that then that's how you memorize your speech, right? So, Hmm. So that's one concept is this idea of our spatial memories are better than um, our textual text memory, right? Like our our word memory. Um, mm-hmm. And the thing that I always like to ask my students too when I'm working with them is, especially when I have like little kids and stuff, I'm like, okay, have you been over to a friend's house in the last couple of weeks, right? And they'll go, yeah. And and I say, okay, well, what was what were the last three sentences you said to your friend? And no one knows other than maybe goodbye right. and it's a guess, right? Like what. What's the last substantive, other than goodbye, what's the last thing you said to your friend? Nobody knows. Nobody remembers. But if I say, if I put you at the front door, can you walk to the kitchen? Right? Everybody says yes. Right? We all remember that. So it's just, it's just a piece of our memory. So that spatial memory is one way that we can 
potentially memorize words, thinking of things in space. But then the other part is our visual memory. And I think visual memory actually plays in a lot more easily when it comes to vocabulary. So for example, and, and this is just kind of, I'm just going to throw out a few examples of like kind of how I do it, like erudite. I still remember how I memorized erudite, right? Which mm. is, I thought of a brain floating in the air like a kite. Air you die, right? <laughs> Sounds like kite air is like up in the air. And I'm like, oh, it's somebody who's like super smart and like, you know, erudite. They're very like lofty brained kind of person. Um, right. And so it's just the idea that when you sit down to memorize words, I, I always tell my students, you know, don't just sit down and look at a flashcard and flip it over and look at a flashcard and flip it over. That's just like, you're just asking for, for the slowest way ever to memorize words when- right. You can essentially harness the superpower of our minds if you just get into these visual and spatial zones. If you can move the information somewhere else in your brain that is more efficient, mm -hmm. you memorize so much faster. So, so that's that. Um, the other thing that I like to do with my students is we like to break the word into sounds and then into pictures. So like when I have laconic, right, I think of a cone backwards. I think of like a megaphone backwards, right? When you're laconic, you don't say a lot of words. So I think of like a megaphone would be somebody who shouts lots of words. If I turn it around, it's laconic. It's like a cone, right? And maybe a few words dribble out. Right. And I have this whole visual. And what's crazy is having, and I also, I loved vocabulary. I miss the old SAT with like all the vocabulary words. Like I had a shoebox in my closet of, of flashcards in high school that I would just go through for fun, even when nobody assigned them to me. So this is also like, I feel like this is part <laughs> of how I got into test prep and then the SAT changed and then it changed again and then it changed again, right? Like it keeps changing, but maybe we'll get back to vocabulary this time with the digital test. Um, so yeah, so, so that's basically it. I mean, the other thing too that I do with students is I also try to just create more associations. Um, there have also been... Uh, psychological papers and things. And I've read snippets of them, probably the watered down version in articles on the internet that are clickbait. Um, but the idea that our minds are associative. So if uh -huh. we are trying to learn something new, if we can attach it to information we already have, or we already know, it makes it easier. So I also, right. you know, ask students to try to think of what does that sound like? So we have like arduous, right? Ard, Sounds a little like hard. So I think arduous, arduous, right? If it's arduous, it's very laborious and hard, right? Mm -hmm. And difficult. Um, so that's another way that we can think in addition to sort of this visual and spatial memory thing, which really is, you know, if the memory champions of the world are using it, you know, it's right. pretty good. It's probably also, good. yeah, I was going to ask, like, so with these coming up with these mnemonics, I mean, I, I've, there's a company that we talk to, um, in the test prep world sure. called Picmonic huh. that was for medical prep. So for mm -hmm. like the USMLE and it was like the, they literally built a whole company around that concept and it worked really well, right? Like just making little picture flashcards. I'm curious because that feels like a lot of work, but I mean, you know, it is arguably more effective in the long term, but I'm, I'm curious, like, what you would recommend students do to apply this tactic. Yeah. Right? So, so several things. If you're a creative person, I'm a little bit of a creative spirit. So like I look at a word and I'm like, Ooh, how am I going to creatively memorize it? Right. And I'm all excited and, and, and I can kind of come up with these pretty quickly because that's mm -hmm. kind of my, my jam. I do have students who are like, Brooke, I have no idea. I'm not creative. Like, don't make me make stuff up. Right. 
And when I have those students, you know, you can just get on Google and type in a word and type in the word mnemonic. And instead of just Mm. writing down, you know, instead of just going to the dictionary and looking up what the word means and writing it down and writing down the part of speech, or I have students, you know, who will write a sentence and writing a sentence is good. Or we'll look up the context, you know, they'll just type the word in Google and see what comes up on the news search or see how the New York Times used it. I also have students who do that. They type it in the New York Times and then see what comes out, Um, which are all good. You could also like maybe base something off of the root, right? Like, I mean, sure. The the all the examples you gave, like arduous and it was uh, laconical. I think it was laconic, laconic, laconic. Like erudite. has has the word cone in it, right? Like you can right. start to pull stuff from that erudite. You know, air. You can kind of try to come up with things that at least are like tangentially related even if it's just like the noise that the word makes not really like the meaning sure yeah i mean and that's the other thing that i say is you can seek out you know you can go to the etymology you can learn latin roots though i took latin in high school thinking that it would help me learn vocabulary because remember i had this like penchant for vocabulary when i was younger i thought it was really exciting um but after taking latin i kind of realized that the best way to learn words in english is to learn words in english not learn words in latin still There are some resources out there that will say like, you know, 50 English words that have their roots in Latin roots. And then you can study from that list, right? There are also chapters in books and things like if you have vocabulary books where they'll do a chapter on like Latin based words or whatever. And that can be like a fun way to learn it. You can also seek out the etymology of a word, right? Mm-hmm. And like Merriam-Webster, even if you go to like Merriam-Webster.com, they often will have notes on the etymology at the bottom. So that's what I use. And I tell my students to use, I love Merriam-Webster. I know a lot of people are into dictionary.com because it bought the the website, but I actually think Merriam-Webster, they do a good job. And at the bottom, mm-hmm. they'll tell you kind of where it comes from. And then you can sometimes even click in, like if you have the digital version, you can click in and they'll like list other words, or you can sort of type it in the search and you can figure out what other words kind of have the same root. Um, and that can be interesting as well. Um, Got it. Okay. And, yeah. And I, and then the other thing too, is you can also learn narratives and stories about words. I mean, I know when I was memorizing vocabulary as a kid, my English teacher would do that, right? They'd say, oh, mercurial comes from the word mercury, right? And mercury is in your thermometers, right? Because mm-hmm. with tiny, tiny changes in temperature, mercury's volume changes very quickly, right? Mm. So this concept of quickly changing is where mercurial comes from and you can kind of think through the story behind it. Interesting. Um, that yeah. yeah, like there's a lot of these little nuggets. Yeah, yeah. So there's good stuff. There. Yeah. And those those can be a little harder to come by. That's why I like the mnemonics because literally you get on the internet, you type a mnemonic and it's spelled funny, M N, right? So you gotta be careful yeah. who who is like listening in a podcast and is like, what's a mnemonic? I'm sure you'll you'll figure it out eventually. So that and then, <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like what M N U E or something like that. Yeah, or? Oh, and I'm like the worst speller ever. Like, thank goodness. Oh, no, it's M M N E M O N I C. I had to look that up, and yeah, that is that is a tough one. I bet yeah. the spelling bee people check that before they go on stage. I was stage. never one of those B B stars. Um, yeah. So two more two more things, and we're going to get to space repetition. The The next yeah, thing sure. that I have is to get tactile. When sort of the world f- discovered digital flashcards, what's the really mm-hmm. popular one? Do you know the one that I'm talking about? Quizlet? Quizlet. Yeah, that's the one yeah, that yeah. loves, right? Quizlet. When Quizlet popped on the scene big time, I remember my students' vocabulary scores, like, dropped. 
Oh, wow. Because I told them all to start using Quizlet. And I didn't realize that when you use Quizlet, it's less tactile. And there's something, I think, about just writing things down that, like, Mm. helps your Like writing things down, like, physically? Yeah. That when Mm. you physically write something down and you look at it and it's tactile and it's paper, that there's some sort of deeper learning potentially that goes on. Hmm. So maybe it's just a hunch. There are some studies that have come out of like University of San Diego about like reading on a screen versus reading from paper and that students do slightly better. You know, it's not I don't know how overarchingly empirical the evidence is, but there are some studies that say maybe 10 to 20 percent advantage on paper versus. So I'm a little bit old school. I like to do physical flashcards and I'm not saying you can't do the digital resources, too. I know everybody's on the go. You're on your phone. You're on your computer. Like, cool. But I also think there's some merit, especially in those words that you get stuck on. And 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 that brings me to, to the next thing that I like to do, which is spaced repetition. And I like to mm-hmm. physically have like flashcards you made yourself. And then we have piles, right? We have words I know. Oh, wow. Words yeah, I that's a lot know. Of, that's a work. That's a lot of work, right? Yeah. It sorry, seems sorry. like a w- lot words of work. You, words you know, words you kind of know. Yeah. Words you kind of know. And then words you don't know. Right? Got it. And obviously yeah, the okay. words you don't know, you're doing more frequently. The words you kind of know, you know, you check in every day or so as you study. Mm -hmm. And the words you know, uh, every once in a while you go back and make sure you don't need to move one over into a different pile. And there was some German guy or something, I think, who used to have like five piles, which to me is like, that's, I can't handle it. Yeah, no, that's, um, that's, it's either Ebenhaus or, no, it's Leitner. Leitner, Um, yeah, that's that's what it is, Leitner. Yeah, so the Leitner system is actually the most common system Mm -hmm. when it comes to applying it to digital. Right. right. It's like, and you know, I, we don't have piles cause we basically just have like sort of a stratified zero to a right. hundred scale, right. but, um, you know, the five piles is like how we explain it to people. Right. Right. Actually. The five piles. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. So space repetition is, is kind of hard to do, uh, manually though. Right. Like, do you, do you try to keep track of well, like how long it's been? So no, not necessarily. I mean, so it's okay. more conceptual, like, and, and like Pim, okay. Pimsler, right. Pimsler is like the big spaced repetition guy from years and years ago. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That did a study and they had different intervals. They had five seconds, 25 seconds, two minutes, 10 minutes, an hour, five hours a day, five days, 25 days, four months and two years, two years. Right. I don't know who's doing a study at two years. It's crazy. Whatever. But, but the point is that that there's all these different increments and they did some studies to try to see like, oh, like what if we do five seconds and then we do five minutes? They found that like the the particular increments were not as influential as just making sure you space it out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That spacing it, it out is the most important The thing spacing sure. it out is the most important part. So I think it just comes down to the idea. And like my son actually is in a Mandarin immersion elementary school right now. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So he has like a lot of words. And like, he's coming in, like I, like I explained, like all my students who like look at a word and then they look at the back of the flashcard and they're like, I did my work. Right. Like my son is like, I watched the cartoon with the five Chinese words. Like I'm done. And I'm like, no, you're not. Right. Yeah. That's the problem with having a mom as a tutor. Um, but yeah, I think you just think of it as like, okay, I have a goal. Like my goal is always five times at least. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause you need at least five times to learn a word. And then I just say, okay, I've got to get to this five times. And you just space it out. And sometimes you do it, it, it. How much time do you have today? Like in my, I don't know pile, you know, I'm going through mm-hmm. the pile and then one minute later, I'm going through it again. Right. Then I go and do other work. Then I come back to the vocabulary a half hour later. Right. 
Okay, now I've yeah. gotten it twice. Tomorrow we're going to try it again, right? So it's not That's as... That's so interesting, huh? Yeah, it's not as yeah, you, AI as yours probably, but... Yeah, ours is ours is a little different because we're, we're trying to hit... There is, according to, I believe it's it's one of the people that we've already mentioned, or it's right. maybe Ebbing, a guy named Ebbinghouse, but okay. um, there's apparently kind of a sweet spot on yes. the when... Yes. So it, it's like if if then the the rough idea is like if you are eighty eighty five percent likely to remember it, right. fifteen twenty percent likely to forget it, right. and we ask you to to do the flashcard, then right. you will actually it's see better. you know two to four times the memory retention yeah. than if you had like a ninety five percent chance to remember it and then you remembered right. it really easily. Um, right. And so it's a really interesting like trade off between like how likely are you to remember this mm-hmm. with how much benefit will you get if you are successful, right? Right, because obviously if you're like you know twenty percent likely to remember it and you do, that's very memorable but very unlikely, right? So you have to kind of hit like the sweet spot. Yeah. Um. So we're trying to do that and like do that with uh, with the timing. Right. So that's that's how we organize it. It's it's right. pretty interesting though because I think that frankly like just doing what you're doing is yeah. also probably capturing a lot of the benefit. It works. Yeah. Yeah. Because and I mean that, it's well, very focused on it's very focused on just like like the the key thing that students don't do that they really need to do is like just sort your list. Yeah. You have things you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> things you do know. And then stuff that you kind of know. Yeah. And like just it, doing that by itself is is really, really important. And you don't need, you know, achievable or fancy software to do it. Yeah. Um, dollar yeah. pack of index cards, man. Exactly. A and dollar then there's a fr- store index card pack. Yeah. And then there's a free um, there is a free thing online that I would recommend over Quizlet uh, called Anki. A-N-K-I. It's Anki.org. Yeah. And they let you make your own flashcards. They're digital, so it's not tactile, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. But they let you make your own flashcards, and then um, it does a lot of that space repetition, scheduling, right. and math stuff for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's like Qu- Quizlet is really nice for for a lot of things, but they don't have this like scheduling algorithm anywhere, yeah. as far as I could tell. Yeah, yeah, um, no. I mean, and they're and they're so big, like they don't have to do any. This is always what right. Happens. They don't have anybody to, they but don't floats, have to do it. and they're the biggest. They can just be like, we're flashcards, and everyone yeah. uses us. Right, and that's that. Yeah, and I also think this kind of level of granularity with like the space repetition and stuff, like and the optimization, it's cool and it's good. But I think so many students, you know. Just to find five minutes to go over the cards is hard enough. This is also why I love the tactile. It's like you sit them down, you're eating cereal, you like got them, you stick them next to your bed. Yeah. You stick them all over while you're brushing your teeth, you've got them up and you don't need the like phone, right? Right. And I think it also, the other thing that I think is really important with memorizing vocabulary is it requires focus. Right. And I think doing the physical flashcards will force you to focus. Yes. I think that if you're if you're sitting there doing your flashcards on your phone or on your computer and you've got another window open or you've got like some like, you know, a podcast that you're listening to at the same time, like you probably shouldn't. You should probably be focused on what you're memorizing. Right. And maybe that's part. And that really could be the real world part of it. Why? When I told my students to do it on their phones, like, you know. They're young people. 
they're like, ooh, look, a new notification from Instagram, right? Like, right, exactly. Or they're, yeah, yeah. Or they're, or at the at the very least, I do feel like your your brain is kind of trained by its circumstances, and I right. think that when you're on your phone, your brain is kind of in this like like little spacey, high energy, like sure, like looking for that dopamine hit, the next thing of attention, and it's going to grab it. Yeah. Um, versus if you're sitting in front of flashcards pretty high chance that the only time you've ever done that is when you're memorizing oh, something. Right. Yeah. So that well, makes cool. sense. So yeah, so there you go. Great. Memorizing vocabulary. Yeah, I love so and it's just to recap, it's yeah. it's mnemonics. Yep. Um it's doing Oh yeah. Um so number one, make sure you have word lists and resources so you've got the good the stuff you're going over. Two, yeah. mnemonics are tricks to remember things. Um mm-hmm. My third point is you can also look into etymology and like the story behind the word, right? Four yeah. is to get tactile and be old fashioned and get out your flashcards and make those piles, right? right. Words I know, words I don't know, words I kind of know. And then five is the idea of spaced repetition, which you guys, it sounds like you're doing too. But yeah, um, but yeah and space it out and then just repeat. Yeah, and yeah. and sort your cards based on yes, your, yes. your expertise in them. Yes. <laughs> and be honest with yourself about that yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, great. Yeah, it shouldn't be too hard. Cool. Well, yeah. And then I don't know if I said people can find me at supertutortv.com. You can also find me at YouTube slash supertutortv. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Thank you, Brooke. All right. Thank you. Yeah. This is Ben Giri Snacks, hosted by Tyler from Achievable with Brooke Hansen from Supertutor TV. And Achievable has a great online Giri course that you can try for free at achievable.me. And if you like it, use the code podcast to get 10% off.